I got her first off today, guys. <laughs> Hi, honey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm tired, too. I'm glad to see that you're tired right along with me. Yeah. The, the Bible is bore a borehole. Yeah, it kind of is today, but I'm going to try to spice it up a little bit. And oh, tell yeah? It, yeah, we're going to learn about it here in a minute. I'm going to make it spicy. Yeah, spicy. Okay. All right. You guys ready to start today's uh, Bible I lesson? I'm ready. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So, first up, last time, God had a rager and was drunk just about the entire time, in case you guys don't remember. Um, fuck it rain and uh, what was, was just comprised of all drunks. And they're proud of it. What? <laughs> yeah. Fuck rain. Well, in the Bible, it's censored. It's called F rain. Oh. <laughs> but I just figured I'd go ahead and uncensor it, it for y'all. Oh, th- thank you. Then God talks about edging for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's going to be a punishment here in a minute. God then turns into a God then turns into a crown and a bottle of Viagra to give his people strength. <laughs> then God judges the spiritual leaders as being basically junk, drunk Irishmen. They drunkenly ask Isaiah, "What in the fuck he's talking about, laddie?" <laughs> God is going to give these drunkards a talking to, by the way. They are going to get judged as fuck. Fuckers, maybe. I don't know. Isaiah says that faith, their faith is shit and that they will, and they should feel like shit. Wow. Strong language from Isaiah today. Izzy is getting it on. God claims he's going to bury Jesus in the foundation of his church, but before that, Jesus will be like Batman and bring justice to everybody. Then God whips out his dick and masturbates in front of the priests and just everybody, really. They all start laughing at his little Peter, and God says that he will make their chains even heavier. Ooh, God's into some kinky shit today. God says he's going to punish uh, them accordingly. Just means more BDSM. If they ignore God, he is going to fuck them, uh, fuck up their vision by teabagging their eyes with his salty sack. Jerusalem and Judah fucked up big time. God is so mad at these fuckers that he casts a spell on them that can never be lifted. God tries to make fun of Jerusalem by calling them a girl's name. And talking about how they're going to fall and shit. Jerusalem's oppressors will be destroyed when God feels like doing it. God then says that if you're not just going to listen and believe, then there's no real point in all this. But don't worry, there will be a day when shit gets better. The end. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's a little confusing today. We're going to have to stop and like explain things because this was actually decoded oh, yeah. from the Bible and the way that it's fucking written. Yeah. Yeah. It's an accurate decoding, but I did have to translate a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. surprised you didn't whip out the Little Mermaid. <laughs> well, I think he called um, them the Little Mermaid, but I mean, I just I knew it was a girl's name. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about how the Little Mermaid came to Jerusalem. Nope, I went a different direction. Damn. Making fun of them by being misogynistic. Seems more like God, right? Mm, I guess. 
What's up, heathens? How, How y'all doing? doing? So today we got more of the Bible, mm-hmm. and Casey's going to take us through it. So Yeah, Casey. we have some Isaiah 28 and 29. We have a little bit of Isaiah, what is it, 22, uh, 1 through 14, and then uh, Isaiah 33, 1. But the rest is 28 and 29. That's the major, those are the major players this time. Mm-hmm. So are you ready? Oh, uh, my butthole is puckered for this particular one. <laughs> you see this today where it's a lot of words. It's a lot of words and it's pretty cryptic. I Today was a little tough. Yeah, it yeah. was. We had to look up some commentaries, reference some, you know, bullshit books. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, I'm okay. good. All Let's right. do it. Woe to that wreath, the pride of Ephraim's drunkards, to the fading flower, his glorious beauty, set on the head of a fertile valley, to that city, the pride of those laid low by wine. See, the Lord has one who is powerful and strong, like a hailstorm and a destructive wind, like a driving rain and a flooding downpour. He will throw it forcefully on the ground. That wreath, the pride of Ephraim's drunkards, will be trampled underfoot. That fading flower, his glorious beauty, set on the head of a fertile valley will be like a fig ripe before harvest. As soon as someone sees it and takes it in its hand, he swallows it. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He will be a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. So this section there. Obviously, at the end, you get an idea of what the wreath is. It's God. Wreath, uh, God is this glorious wreath. And in Ephraim, which is an area north of Judah. That's fuck rain, by the way. <laughs> um, it, God is fading uh, because the people are sinning. They're massive drunks, apparently, in this area, right? They just drink a lot. And we're going to hear a little bit more about this in the coming verses. Even the children get drunk. That's how bad these people are. It's not what it says. How do you know? It's hard to decipher it. <laughs> Makes me think of the Let Kids Drink song. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe quarantine would be better if they were just a little tipsy. <laughs> I mean, babies are just like little drunk people in the first place. They are. You know, it's funny when Xander was like, what was he like six or seven years old? And Mm. we were (laughs) were talking to him and I said that babies are like little drunk people. And then he started saying it. It was really funny. Anyway, parenting with G and Casey. Okay, so let's continue. And these also stagger from wine and reel from beer. Priests and prophets stagger from beer and are befuddled with wine. They reel from beer. They stagger when seeing visions. They stumble when rendering decisions. All the tables are covered with vomit and there is not a spot without filth. Sounds like a frat house. Yeah, so basically the entire country was a big frat house. Well, the spirit the problem here is the spiritual leader specifically. He's talking about them because they're not supposed to do stuff like this. They aren't supposed to behave like this, but they stagger and they slur and they're befuddled and they stumble and they're supposed to be having visions and and for him and and relaying that to the people and they're supposed to judge and render decisions, but they're drunk and the the sinning and everything brings filth and bad things right Mm -hmm. and even the spiritual leaders are doing this and so they're they're about to see some judgment but go ahead well i was just gonna say i mean 
kind of seems like spiritual leaders taking advantage of their position. It seems like it's always been a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so the spiritual leaders, they don't just let Isaiah say this stuff without pushing back. Okay. So the spiritual leaders ask who, who is it he is trying to teach to whom is he explaining his message to children weaned from their milk to those just taken from the breast for it is do and do do and do rule on rule, rule on rule, a little here, a little there. All right. So they're kind of mocking Isaiah. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like they're bitching about having to cook something. It's like a little here, a little there. Rule, rule, rule. Why do we get to measure shit? We should just be able to pick it up with our hands and go, boof. I mean, they probably do that because they're drunk. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so Isaiah uh, says to them, very well then, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the resting place. Let the weary rest. And this is the place of repose. But they will they would not listen. So then the word of the Lord to them will become do and do, do and do, rule on rule, rule on rule, a little here, a little there, so that they will go and fall backward, be injured and snared and captured. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people, Jerusalem. You boast, we have entered a covenant with death, with the grave. We have made an arrangement or an agreement. When an overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it cannot touch us. And we have made lie a lie our refuge and falsehoods or false gods, depending on how you translate that, our hiding place. So these drunk prophet priest leaders, they they think that they have a covenant, right? I can just imagine this is how that conversation went. Hey, hey, Isaiah. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> we already got a covenant. We're protected from fucking death. If there's another death spirit that comes down here, we're fine. So get the fuck on with your rulers and shit, motherfucker. <laughs> that was him drinking, not sucking dick. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. We're used to hearing that other one. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Isaiah tells them, uh, the Lord says... These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. (laughs) I mean, I just, I just have to laugh. (laughs) They come at me with their lips. Huh? Get the fuck away from me. No, you can't suck my dick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he says they do this and they honor him with their lips. So they do that, but their hearts are far from him. So their heart's not in it. You know, he can tell. Yeah, you can always tell when their heart's not in it. <laughs> when it's just laboriously going through the stroke in motion. Yeah. Um, and he says, their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men, which I think is interesting because even here, it, Isaiah is saying that God recognizes that all of these things they do to worship them are just made up by men. They're not following anything that he says. They're following rules and they they say that they're doing the right things, but they're really not. So wait a second. This isn't that they're following the rules set down by God. It's that they're following somebody else's rules that have been made up or is Yeah, it- they worship they worship him by the rules of men that are taught to them by men. Okay. So they're not following like Moses, Moses's laws. 
Okay. They're following. They still are worshiping, you know, the well, God of Israel. Right. But they're not doing it right. They're they're worshiping by the laws of by how men have said you should worship. Right. Uh, so, because I, at first I thought that this particular section was talking about just like people, like the uh, people who call themselves like Christian or Jew, but mm-hmm. they don't actually follow, like they don't have their hearts in it. And so they're following all the rules of it, but they're not, it's like a no true Scotsman thing. Like they're not really this, but it kind of seems like they're saying that, well, you're not following what what God has said, you're following what other men have laid out that doesn't come from God. Well, so in Hebrew, in the Septuagint, it said, well, I'm not going to read you the Hebrew. I'm going to read you the translation that's in the Septuagint. It says, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Okay. I don't know. It's hard for me to delineate the rules taught by men from Moses's like, the the laws handed down by Moses and God. Well, because those are God's laws. Well, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, so it's basically just rules that have been made up by men and yeah. that never came from God. That's how I interpret this. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like I mean, there's if if you look at it now, and I'm not gonna, and I know this is the Old Testament, but I'm talking about in Christianity now. Okay. If you look at Christianity now, there are so many different denominations. Mm-hmm. Mainly because they pick and choose things that they want to follow and rules that they have made up, rules that they decide are important that aren't necessarily anywhere in the Bible, Mm -hmm. but they think it's the right way to be and the right way to do. And they've picked a verse here or there that they think backs that up. You know, they decide what they're going to do and then they go find something to support it, um, which is the wrong way to do it, right? That's, Mm -hmm. That's backwards. Um, so that's how I interpret it is that these are rules that men have decided is the way. Right. Yeah. And okay. so their hearts aren't truly with the, how God wants it to be. Yeah. And you know, it always fucks me up when you get somebody that's a Protestant and they talk about how like Catholicism isn't a Christian religion. I know. I think that's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, continue with the butt fucking or whatever. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're actually, we're getting into Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. See, God's going to bury his son in the foundation. (laughs) In this cornerstone. I mean, that's where Jesus's body is, guys. Well, so, I mean, it's basically just saying that. Jesus is going to be the foundation of his his church, right? His people. Well, right. It doesn't specifically say Jesus here, no. but the uh, understanding of it, at least the Christian understanding of it, is to mean Jesus or the Messiah. Yes. Okay. So, he says, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. Hail will sweep away your refuge, the lie, and water will overflow your hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled. Your agreement with the grave will not stand. When the overwhelming scourge sweeps by, you will be beaten down by it. As often as it comes, it will carry you away. Morning after morning, by day and by night, it will sweep through. Okay, so Mm, they're going to get fucked up in this scourge. So they think they're fine, but they're not, right? And that's what God's telling them. So Isaiah tells them, 
the understanding of this message, what we just read, will bring sheer terror. The bed is too short to stretch out on, the blanket too narrow to wrap around you. The Lord will rise up as he did at Mount Perizim. He will rouse himself as in the Valley of Gibeon, to do his work, his strange work, and perform his task, his alien task. Now stop your mocking, or your chains will become heavier. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, has told me of the destruction decreed against the whole land. Oh yeah, this is the part where God whips out his dick and masturbates in front of everybody. <laughs> and if they keep laughing at him, he's just going to make the chains even heavier. Yep. Okay. So then you're going to explain this next part after I read it, okay? Okay. Because you seem to understand it a little better than I do. I mean, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I really don't know. I'm just taking a shot in the fucking dark. Yeah, this is this is a little bit of a weird section, but we're going to get through it. You ready? It's not yep. very long. Listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. When a farmer plows for planting, does he plow continually? Does he keep on breaking up and harrowing the soil? When he has leveled the surface, does he not sow caraway and scatter cumin? Does he not plant wheat in its place, barley in its plot, and spelt in its field? His God instructs him and teaches him the right way. So in this section, he talks about how when you're done, like when this, when everything is done being plowed and um, broken up um, and leveled, that it won't go on forever. Right. You don't keep doing that. A farmer doesn't keep doing that. Eventually they plant right. and stuff is going to grow. I, so I think that this very first section is about teaching the Israelites um, how to worship God. Uh, I think he's trying to use an analogy with farming because obviously these people would under far, understand farming analogies. And uh, he's basically saying – God teaches you how to worship him or how to be, mm -hmm. and you follow that process, yeah. basically. And so we're going to continue with the process a little bit, right? So God instructs him and teaches him the right way. Caraway is not threshed with a sledge, nor is cart is a cartwheel rolled over cumin. Caraway is beaten out with a rod and cumin with a stick. Grain must be ground to make bread. So one does not go on threshing it forever. Though he drives the wheels of his threshing cart over it, his horses do not grind it. All this also comes from the Lord Almighty, wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. Right. So I think that because this particular section is titled, at least in our version uh, of the Bible, the Daily Bible here, um, the reasonable punishment is what this section is titled. And I think that what it's talking about is like in the first part, he's like, listen, God's going to tell you how to, how to worship him and how to be and everything like that. But you're going to get judged and you're going to be judged appropriately. If you, you know, fuck up or whatever, like the, the second part's about processing like everything. And I think that's about applying appropriate judgment to people. Well, yeah, perhaps. I think also in this first section, its connection to the previous section is that he talks about how you're it, everybody, how they're going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's saying here in this next section, but this destruction, this plowing, this breaking up that he's going to do because mm -hmm. he's got to break up the land and break up all this shit that's going on is not going to go on forever. Eventually he will plant I think that's I think that's how it's connected to this previous section is eventually 
the the hardship. Okay. Like I think that's how it's connected. Okay, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that that probably makes a uh, bit and more and sense. that God's going to teach you how to do it the right way, right? right. And and then th- this is the way you're going to do it the right way, and so g- listen to his counsel, you know, because you're going to be judged against these things, mm-hmm. right? Not necessarily the farming, right? But the analogy of how to be, right? Yeah. Okay, now that we're through that. Um, this is Isaiah 22, 1 through 14 is this next section. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, an oracle, an oracle concerning the Valley of vision. What oh, this is where God teabags them in the eyes with a salty sack. Go ahead. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. What troubles you now that you have all gone up on the roofs? O town full of commotion, O city of tumult and revelry. Your slain were not killed by the sword, nor did they die in battle. All your leaders have fled together. They have been captured without using the bow. All you who were caught were taken prisoner together, having fled while the enemy was still far away. Therefore, I said, turn away from me. Let me weep bitterly. Do not try to console me over the destruction of my people. So this first section is talking about how the basically everybody fled. Mm-hmm. Instead of trusting in God and staying and doing the things that they were supposed to do, that God was telling them to do, they were afraid and they left. Yep. Right. And so God's upset about that, obviously. Right. Well, yeah, because you're supposed to trust in God. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust in God, you're going to get fucked. We're getting there. You ready? Yeah. The Lord, the Lord Almighty has a day of tumult and trampling and terror in the Valley of Vision. A day of battering down walls and of crying out to the mountains. Elam takes up the quiver with her charioteers and horses. Kerr uncovers the shield. Your choicest valleys are full of chariots and horsemen are posted at the city gates. The defenses of Judah are stripped away. And you looked in that day to the weapons of the palace of the forest. You saw that the city of David had many breaches in its defenses. You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the buildings in Jerusalem and tore down houses to strengthen the wall. You built a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, but you did not look to the one who made it or have regard for the one who planned it long ago. So God's upset because when they were preparing for battle, they didn't consider that God would be there to protect them and to help them. They didn't do the things that God wanted them to do. They did the things that they thought they should do by man's standards. Right. So I could just imagine it. They're all standing around planning shit and everything like that. And God's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. And they just keep on planning and everything. And he's like, I'm standing right here, guys. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) All right. You ready? Mm -hmm. The Lord, the Lord Almighty called you on that day to weep and to wail, to tear out your hair and to put on sackcloth. But see, there's joy and revelry, slaughtering of cattle and killing of sheep, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we die. The Lord Almighty has revealed in my hearing till your dying day, this sin will not be atoned for, says the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Can you just imagine it? Like he's standing there and like these people are fucking up. They're not doing what he's saying. And he just gets so mad. He's like, all right, man, enough of this shit. Y'all get naked. Put on some sackcloths right now. 
Well, the point is, is what he was telling them was to humble themselves to him and have faith in him. And instead of doing that, they they had joy and revelry, slaughtered all kinds of shit, ate and drank and said, we have to do all of this right now because, hey, tomorrow we're going to die. Instead of humbling themselves to God and having faith that he would protect them. So they they didn't consider him a factor in their defense. So he got his feelings hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So Jerusalem is obviously going to fall, right? Oh, yeah. They've been fucking up left and right. I mean, there, there's no way they're going to make it out of this particular round of what, what's the what's the survivor uh, the what's the council or whatever on survivor oh the they um, got everybody off the island yeah i can't remember what it's called yeah anyways <laughs> i know what you're talking about though they're gonna get voted off this fucking island yeah okay so this is where the little mermaid comes Uh oh little mermaid guys <laughs> Woe to you, Ariel, Ariel, the city where David settled. Add year to year and let your cycle of festivals go on. Yet I will besiege Ariel. She will mourn and lament. She will be to me like an altar hearth. Now, just so you guys know, the Hebrew for the word hearth sounds like the Hebrew for the word Ariel. Under the sea. (laughs) Down where it's wetter. (laughs) everything's better take it from me take it from me (laughs) that's the dirtiest part of that song (laughs) i will encamp against you all around i will encircle you with towers and set up my siege works against you brought low you will speak from the ground your speech will mumble out of the dust your voice will come ghost-like from the earth out of the dust your speech will whisper But your many enemies will become like fine dust and ruthless hordes like blown chaff. Suddenly, in an instant, the Lord Almighty will come with thunder and earthquake and a great noise, with windstorm and tempest and flames of devouring fire. Then the hordes of all nations that fight against Israel, that, sorry, Ariel, (laughs) that attack her and her fortress and besiege her, will be as it is with a dream, with a vision in the night. As when a hungry man dreams that he is eating, but he awakens and his hunger remains. As when a thirsty man dreams that he is drinking, but he awakens faint with thirst unquenched. So it will be with the hordes of all nations that fight against Mount Zion. So once he's done fucking up Jerusalem, he's going to fuck up all of the oppressors, all the people who oppress Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's he's going to fuck them up. And then he's like, all right, I think you've learned your lesson. I'm moving on to the people who fuck with you, because though I just beat you, you're still my kids. And so now I'm going to fuck up the person who's trying to beat you, too, because I can beat you, but they can't. Right. Obviously, <laughs> that's how it comes across to me. So woe to you, O destroyer, you who have not been destroyed. Woe to you, O traitor, you who have not been betrayed. When you stop destroying, you will be destroyed. When you stop betraying, you will be betrayed. Okay. Okay. So the oppressors are about to get fucked up. They're going to get fucked. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Be stunned and amazed. Blind yourselves and be sightless. Be drunk, but not from wine. Stagger, but not from beer. The Lord has brought over you a deep sleep. He has sealed your eyes, the prophets. He has sealed your heads, the seers. For you, 
This whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll, and if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say to him, read this please, he will answer, I can't, it's sealed. Or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read and say, read this please, he will answer, I don't know how to read. So this section is basically talking about how they're going to, the understanding is going to be lost. They're not going to be able, they're, they're going to be blind and drunk and staggering, but not from wine or beer or anything else. It's going to, God is going to make it to where they don't understand. The Lord has, is going to bring this on them, a lack of understanding, right? Mm Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us? Who will know? You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to him who formed it? He did not make me. Can the pot say of the potter, he knows nothing? So going back a little bit, though, um, to the how God's going to make them lack understanding. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of like a violation of free will? And uh, which it kind of reminds me of like when um, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. A little bit. He kind of. Yeah, because when he hardened Pharaoh's heart, he made it. He made Pharaoh doing what he says or, you know, doing what Moses says a condition upon stopping, but then made it to where Pharaoh wouldn't comply. Right. Yeah. So he's going to take away their understanding, their ability to understand and their wisdom, like they're, it's going to fail. They're, they're going to, like it says, can he's saying, can shall what is formed say to him who formed it? He did not make me. So basically people, God made people according to the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to, their understanding that he made them is going to be lost. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I still, I mean, this is obviously a violation of their free will because, I mean, I feel like if they want to understand him or they have the capacity to, mm-hmm. you know, God taking that away prevents them from you know, prevents them from doing something that they have the will to do. But he's going to give it back. Oh, okay. Well, he tells them the key. He tells them the trick. All right. So the trick. Let me guess. Flex your butt cheek once and jiggle (laughs) your dick twice. (laughs) No. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. In a very short time, will not Lebanon be turned into a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest In that day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll, and out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Once more, the humble will rejoice in the Lord. The needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. The ruthless will vanish, and mockers will disappear, and all who have an eye for evil will be cut down. Those who with a word make a man out to be guilty, who ensnare the defender in court, and with false testimony deprive the innocent of justice. So... Basically, what this boils down to is you're not going to be able to understand the wisdom of God's teachings mm-hmm. unless you have a heart open to it. Uh, this is that whole listen and believe thing. Like, you just got to listen and believe. Otherwise, you're not going to be open to it. 
Yes. And that, and we did read some commentary on this to make sure, because this is kind of, I mean, this is a little bit convoluted. Um, but yeah, basically you have to just be, you're not going to be able to understand it. And that's one thing that we hear Christians tell us, uh, Mm -hmm. apologists tell us like atheists who read the Bible, they just don't understand it because they're not open to it. They don't get it. Their heart's not open. Well, I, I, I mean, that's what the Bible tells them, right? Right here in Isaiah. That's what, that's what it tells them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I really hate it that, that people are convinced by this, that you've got to already be accepting of God in order to understand God. And therefore nobody outside of the faith can really understand what the Bible's telling you. Like I can read the words on the fucking page just because I don't just automatically believe that God is sovereign and can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like he's some kind of, you know, police chief or something. I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand why I don't understand why I can't critically examine it. Well, so it kind of, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's where it is. It takes out the whole aspect of critical thinking, religion, people who create religions, they don't want you to critically think because if you critically think about what they're saying and about what's here, you're not likely to believe it. Right. I mean, who would believe this shit? I mean, some people, I mean, some people do, some people do are more critical of it and don't, some people adhere less to religion and more to spirituality where they do believe in the, some of the teachings of God, of Jesus or, you know, some of the, some of the better things, right? Cause there aren't all bad things here um, in, in the Bible. There aren't all bad things. There are some good lessons that you can take from it, but those are not things that are specific to any one religion or to religion at all. No, it's more societal based. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some, there are some things that you can glean. Um, also, some people do find comfort in um, a God figure that is there for them that they, and they find strength in that. And there's nothing wrong with that um, necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like people who are in that position, if that's what they need to get through things, if that's what they think they need to get through things, okay. But they sell themselves short because they're really not doing it with that. They're doing it on their own. They're just giving credit to somebody else for it. Um, So I think that's a little unfortunate. But um, I don't know. To me, the problem with religion lies in when you try to force actions or behaviors on other people based on things that your religion teaches when they they don't necessarily adhere or care to or care about your religion. Well, right. Like saying, oh, well, you can't understand our religion because you're not already a believer in our religion. Well, and it's interesting because there are a lot of atheists – were believers in, in i mean in christianity you know there are a lot of atheists yeah. who were believers in christianity a lot of ex-muslims who were believers and so i don't think it's that yeah but that's what they're told is that people outside can't understand and that's kind of cultish yeah well and actually we see that uh repeated in the new testament too whenever we get to that uh, mm-hmm. because uh when jesus is talking about his parables 
uh, you know, he, he talks about how people outside yeah. will only hear parables, but you will know the real meaning of them. Yeah. Only you will truly understand. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is just an extension of that. Mm-hmm. So. Alrighty. Well, technically well, this is the precursor of that. Oh yeah. Technically it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's it for today. What are we doing next time? Next time we're going to talk about a spiritual re uh, uh, spiritual reawakening and how things are going to be restored and blessings will return. How sins are going to be forgiven. Mm. Um, oh, so this is a good side of that fucked up coin. Yes. Yes. Um, and then we're going to get to um, there. There's portions of Isaiah, but it's more. Um, Kind of more like a story than what we read today, but this mm-hmm. is just a little portion. And um, he's going to bring a special message to one person, a singled out person, instead of how his messages are to the general people, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to get that um, next time. We're going to talk to Shebna. Shebna? Shebna. All right, so if you guys want to talk to Shebby next time, then I guess you'll have to tune in next week. So, I hope that you heathens enjoyed it today. If you will, go down below, leave us a comment with what you thought about today's podcast. While you're down there, be sure to smash that like button and subscribe if you like these kind of videos, podcast things. Content. Content. (laughs) And don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye.